How many times you guys watch? I watched 2.75 times. I have now watched it 1.5 times. <laughs> I was yeah. thinking you guys would be a little bit later. It was like 3 o'clock, and I was like, well, what should I do? And I was like, oh, yeah, I could watch this show that I watched like almost a week ago now. I watched it the least. I, I watched it once and then rewound and watched a scene or two. So I, I don't know what that amounts to. 1.25, 1.2, something like that. Did you come out as eager to talk about it as clearly me and Paul were? Yeah. A lot to talk about. I mean, I thought I thought this was the best episode so far. Yeah. I would agree with that personally. By a mile. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Although on third watching, I'm like, okay, I can pick this apart now. If I really wanted to pick it apart, I could pick, pick it apart. But I was giddy the first time I saw it. Yeah. I mean, I was too. And I think that... Um, of, yes, of course, there's ridiculous stuff you can pull apart. Yeah. Like, there's always stuff I, to pull apart in the Star Wars thing, it, no matter yeah. how much you love it. It's not like tightly plotted and like, yeah, that, like that's not what you're really getting out of Star Wars. Right. But like, like for me, the, the, the biggest thing that stuck out is like, man, even even by Stormtrooper standards, they're really bad shots of that like siege scene. <laughs> I thought about like, that, too. I thought <laughs> I thought about how like in the opening sequence um of of the entire series the youngling attack that they flash back to again in this episode it's like you see like them running away right and like in the background you can see jedi fighting against clone troopers and like dying after i mean they're holding their own against say six of them and then they die and like here it's like i know the other like you know the what the path people whatever whatever you want to call them are like blasting too but it's really like obi-wan holding off like 20 of them like in that beginning part and it's like this doesn't seem right and and an obi-wan who's still like not a hundred percent right he's pretty close by the end he's, though, he's, right? yeah you know he's he's much more himself but he's still i mean he's still got to be rusty a little bit anyway <laughs> so we so we got there's, past there's that some things <laughs> yeah no, no, hold on there, there's so much to dive into here let's just start with we spent 15, 20 minutes last time talking about, are we going to see Hayden Christensen's face? Yes, so. And bammo. First scene. I was like, oh, that answers that. Yep. I have to he say, like, he looked, I mean, obviously he looked older, but he looked better than I would have guessed done up in his, like, I don't know if they're digitally de-aging him at all or not, but he looked pretty good. Agreed. And it was such a relief to see him being an Anakin who felt like a real Anakin. Like, like, like meaning like, he smiles and like has this like kind of almost like roguish smile when he says like, you know, it's over or whatever. Like when he's like when he thinks he's won kind of mm -hmm. and all that. And it was kind of like it felt like more like natural emotion. I'm not going to say more emotion because obviously like Anakin's like nothing but emotion in in the prequels. But like it felt more natural than anything he did in, in the prequels. And I put I really do put that down to two things. I mean, George Lucas and like. Just the fact that he's older and has probably had some time to sit with it and think about it a little bit before coming back into this. And, so, and yeah, the maybe. thing about that, the thing about the fight scene was it really like I felt like I saw a version of Anakin Skywalker that was like, oh yeah, this is clearly the guy who becomes Darth <laughs> Vader in a way that like most of the prequels doesn't show you. Yes. Right. Yes, ab absolutely. I mean, obviously it was just one little scene, but it's like, yes, I, I totally agree. Like, it, it seems so much more, so much easier to draw a line between the way he was in that fight. Um, and I thought that fight was really well deployed. I liked the fact that, 
I mean, obviously it was like, you know, kind of a, a little heavy handed, but I didn't mind that, like that they kept flashing back to it and how, you know, basically what was going on would kind of mirror sort of what Vader was doing or, or what Obi-Wan was doing in the, in the present time. Like I thought it was a really, that, that was a really nice idea and much better than if they had just opened with the entire fight as like a prologue. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I really like that. I'm unclear and I've watched it three times. Like based on what happened in that fight, did they both learn from it? And that's kind of what came out or was it kind of a repeating where Obi-Wan won the fight because Vader didn't see that there's always another option. Like I'm, I'm, I'm like, I love the way they interstitch it back and forth, but even on a third viewing, I'm like, yeah, like, is this basically what happened in that fight happens again in this episode or did, Vader learn from it or did they both learn from it? I, I can't stitch it together. I mean, my take on it was essentially that o- Obi-Wan has Anakin clocked and Anakin continues, like doesn't, is not learning from his, like is continuing to make the same mistakes over and over again. And including as Vader, including as Vader. Right. Like, in, in, yeah. like, I mean, he, he basically gets it all right. Right. About what happens um, and predicts like Vader's actions pretty well. So, I mean, I guess they're like, this is them, I guess, building up to pay off the line that like, you know, Obi-Wan's still the master, right? Like he's right. still, he still knows what's up. Right. Yeah. I thought about it because, because I assume maybe what you're talking about, Willie, because I thought about this too a little bit was it's like, well, he obviously, Vader obviously totally knew that Reva was gunning for him. And right. like, was that, yeah, yeah. was that what he learned? But then I thought it's like, no, that was something he knew, I think even beforehand. Cause like. Obviously, the the real the the Grand Inquisitor was there at the end, and it's like right. it felt like something they had sort of like planned between them a little bit. That it's like, well, it's like let's use her for now. Like she seems to like have this lock on Obi Wan, and something is driving her to do you know to do this. Maybe you, you know basically all of that, and it's like basically what he says at the end. You know, the Grand Inquisitor says your your rage has been useful, and now but now it's just tiresome, but whatever. So yeah, no, I I think in the end it's really exactly what Paul said that it's like he still hasn't learned more or less to um you know to like you said to, like, like he still has this need for victory and i guess specifically victory over obi-wan in this case that kind of blinds him to like thinking more strategically yeah i think so too so after after the first de-aging scene then Reva gets promoted to Grand Inquisitor in this episode. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It all happens quick. It does. There's a lot. This was not a particularly long episode. It was longer than last week's, but it was still like not that long, but a lot happened in it. Right. Yeah. And then we cut to wherever Obi-Wan is, right? We see Haja right away. Welcome back, Haja. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Like, I do like that um, they get off the transport uh, like when they get back. And like they're all coming off, and then Anakin just says to Leia, like, oh, "Like, go on, go play." Like, like she, she's never been there before. Like, where is she going? Like, she doesn't right. know anyone. <laughs> or right. like, like right. just go right. away. Adults are talking now. Yeah, it's funny. I was, I was, uh, I, I was at a, a wedding this past weekend, and you know, my, uh, my kids were, you know, they didn't really know anybody, but it was definitely one of these like, well, like go make friends. Like you can play with them. And that's a little bit what this felt like. Like It's like, go find some kids your own age. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> something fun to do. What'd you guys think of the big, just like rando pile of, I know it's not random, but the big pile of lightsabers just sitting there. I can't believe Obi-Wan didn't take any of them. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like maybe there's one that's a little better than the blue one you got, homie. 
or just yeah just to take them because i don't know other people, people might seem to lose their lightsabers and, right exactly yeah uh, it seemed a little weird it's kind of like at the airport when they take the bottles of water it's basically the same thing right yeah exactly, exactly. you can you are allowed to fly with that just <laughs> leave it here there's so much of it that was and like you, you get into like the little nitpicky parts and there's so much here that was weird where it's basically like oh these well we got to get these people out they've been here for months and it's like and like we held them so we could go rescue land it's like we did that over the last like 24 hours I, like right. why what have they, they been here for months <laughs> right like that was really quick. <laughs> that was another like weird deployment of um, mini ice cube. <laughs> mini ice cube. He's had a couple. Yeah. He's had a couple of weird deployments in the series. Again, I like him as an actor, but yeah, but I, I don't get him. I, I agree. His his character is weird. No 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 fault of his. I just feel like his character is wit- written very weird. I mean, I so, I think the whole relationship between Obi Wan and like the the path is weird. Like it, it feels like the kind of thing where like, what, cause they show up and he walks off. He's like, we got her. And like, you know, and it, it, it was like, Obi-Wan didn't, didn't like spend any time with these people. He didn't like get them over to her, to his cause or anything like that. Like it was all very perfunctory right. um, and made it feel very strange. Right. I agree. Like it, it feels like, I don't know, like part of me likes obviously that like some of these episodes aren't like super long or anything like that, but like, They've been so short that it's like probably like a little time could have been built even to just have like a mini scene where they maybe they talk about because this feels very believable that it's like if they're the path and like some of them like have an idea of who the Jedi were, then they would know who Obi-Wan is. And some of them seem to know who Obi-Wan is, but to at least say something to the tune that it's like, well, like you were you were such a great like Jedi and one of the people people real like like this is why you mean something to us, you know, or, or something uh, like, like, so, so, like I can, I can make those connections myself, but I don't know if that's correct or not. You know, mm-hmm. I'm totally with you. I think they missed a golden opportunity because in this episode, very clearly Obi-Wan starts to show off his general chops again. Yes. And they really missed the shot for people to be like, you used to be a great general, blah, blah, blah. And then for him to like step back into that role, he steps into the role. And like from here on out, basically from this point of the episode, to the end, I'm just like hyped on the entire episode. I could nitpick a bunch of shit, right? Like, including um, stormtroopers not being able to hit the side of a barn. Right. But basically, it takes off from here. Once we get back to the base or wherever the, the path people are. Yeah, Jabeem. The yeah, Jabeem. <laughs> Hearing Darth Vader say set a course for Jabeem sounded just ridiculous. <laughs> really needed to co-brand that with Jim Beam. Um yeah, the little the, the drone, you know, basically locks him in there, and then Reva and the stormtroopers show up and start trying to bust their ass in, right? Yep. Yeah. No, absolutely. So, what did we think about Reva's like true motivations? So, so we find out basically what the deal is with Reva here, um, and it's good in that you know, like we said in I think the last episode when we talked, we were like, well, there's no redeeming her. Like she was like torturing Leia or getting ready to. Um, and like, there's no redeeming her. And this was good in that it didn't redeem her. Right. It's not like, oh, I'm really a good guy. It's more that it's like, no, like she's definitely not, but she also very much wants revenge on Anakin. I liked it. I mean, I thought that narratively, like it ties up a lot of stuff for like, cause we see the inquisitors later and like it kind of like, she's not around, but the grand inquisitor is like, we finally get those answers. And I agree with you that, they got her to a place where she was against Vader, but still against Obi-Wan. 
Right. Um, which I, I'll admit I did not see coming. Yeah. 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 I have time uh, wrapping my head around some of her decisions, right? They're like bombing the door. And Obi's on, one's like, I want to talk to this person. Mm-hmm. He wants to negotiate wherever they said. Parlay. Why does she want to talk to him? Why is she down? I write down in my notes, like, of course she'll talk to him. But like, right. she'll, she'll, she'll talk to him because that's how the episode has to go. But why in, in real world, why is she agreeing to do this? Right. And then I don't I didn't quite understand how that conversation wrapped up. Aside from giving us information, it kind of just trailed off and she decides to shove her lightsaber through the door, which, by the way, if you're going to be just like bombing the door the whole time and all it took was one lightsaber through, why didn't she just do that in the beginning? Well, the, all the blasts softened it up, I think. Oh, OK. OK. Got it. it was it was glowing <laughs> orange or whatever. Um, yeah, I mean. <laughs> I think I understand kind of, why why the conversation ended. I think she like okay. figured like she's like I've said enough. Like like you're not gonna help me. Like I, like whatever you have to say, it's like it doesn't matter to me. I'm done. Like it was her way of being. I'm done with this conversation. Like let's oh, okay. let's open this puppy up. But I do agree with you that I don't quite understand why she would be willing to talk before, and especially since you know, like like what are they negotiating exactly? She doesn't well, she she has not seemed like someone up to this point who has any desire to negotiate about anything. She's like she's impetuous and and impulsive like maybe she just like can't in everything help she does. Just can't help herself hunting hunting Obi-Wan and No, I mean I think there's kind of two things, right? Like one is it it would be reasonable for her to assume like all right, we have them trapped. Maybe Obi-Wan's going to give himself up if we let everybody else go or whatever, like, I'm like, okay, we can get this over with pretty quickly. Or two, like the other thing is basically we, as we find out in this conversation, like Vader's the one she really wants and she's kind of willing to do whatever to get to him. Um, and uh, as it turns out, like Obi-Wan can help her with that. So, so maybe she's just trying to get him to surrender. Yeah, it could be. And Obi-Wan just kind of outfoxes, you know, there's levels to this shit and Obi-Wan is two levels above her and he basically outfoxes her. His deal is like, I'm going to get Vader to come here and take care of you. Yeah. You're making me nuts. I mean, a a big point of this episode, I think, is that people become blinded by obsession. Right. And like both Vader and her both very much are in this episode. That's a great call. To the point where like neither one of them can see the mistakes they're about to make and then make because they're so obsessed. Hmm. That's a good call. Um, something that popped up kind of in this moment as Reba's explaining her motivations is we see they're called Order Sixty Six. Yeah, Order Sixty Six is is the order that yeah that Palpatine puts out to kill the Jedi. In, in so Revenge I'm, of the I'm Sith. going back to watch episode three of right. you know Revenge of the Sith because yeah. um, I don't remember I don't remember it being such a prominent scene in the movie but maybe it is and I just don't remember it's a pretty big scene in the movie like there's yeah. a, there's there's like a whole it's one of the better parts of the movie too I would say it, there's a whole montage where he says execute order 66 and then it like flashes to all the different places that Jedi are across the galaxy and shows like the troopers turning on them as soon as just he says it basically yeah. yeah but I'm assuming that Hayden Christensen. We never see him, you know, mowing down kids. We you do kind of right. Like, you don't, so, you don't actually see him mow them down. I don't think, but like, no, you, it is. It you is. See him it is first heavily implied, right? Yeah, 
and there's like a little kid there and he's like there's like a little youngling or whatever they call them and he's like are you here to save us or whatever and like you just see anakin ignite his lightsaber and then they cut away jeez right and he's got his like kind of murderous sith eyes going when he does it yeah and then and then i think like blue lightsaber in the scene too yeah which is i I was like man i wonder why he didn't have the red one then well no because he he has it until the end and then when when obi-wan cuts most of his limbs off he takes anakin's lightsaber so that he can then give it to luke later yeah Hmm. so he doesn't get the red one until after he's in the suit right that's when darth sidious gives it to him palpatine whatever we want to call him the emperor God, he's got so many names. That scene was so good. many um, names. <laughs> and and I'll reiterate a point we made before, but um wait, he does stab little Reva in that, and she is that the point is that you know you you'd be surprised how much you can survive when you have so much rage. Is the point she's survived one of these stabbings before? I was unclear on that. I didn't think so until they had that very end part where he stabs her in the present day and it kind of flashed like back and did. forth between them. And that did make me wonder. I hadn't thought that she was stabbed up to that point. I just thought she escaped because, like she said, like I played dead and, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that's how I survived. No, but I like, didn't get the impression. Yeah, I didn't get yeah. the impression that she, maybe she was. But yeah, I, didn't I think, think so. that cut was just like it was sh- it was to show like the similar things of when she was a youngling and he was Anakin and not Vader. But like, I think he was she was wa- seeing him stab a different youngling. Right. I think. It, when they were cutting back in that scene in particular man they're going to it early and often and i'm loving it his face lit up blue from the lightsaber i'm like damn they've got that cinematography figured out like it looks so good it does yeah in, in general i think they've done a really good job in this whole series with lightsabers and like interactive light in a way that like they kind of didn't really have very much of and this one i feel like there's a lot of glowing lightsabers shining on people's faces like lighting stuff up like it looks really cool yeah and to be fair, like, you know, it's like they just I, I just don't think they had the ability to do that in obviously not in the original trilogy. Right. But even in the prequel trilogy, I just don't think that the CGI was good enough to be able to do that mm-hmm. very well yet. All right. So here, here's a question for you guys. And this is a positive, but a positive nitpick or question. I, I believe, you know, as Reva has said, I'm going to chop this door open. Obi-Wan gives her a little force push has force push technology come a long way in the last 30 years or because i i just don't remember it often before and man they seem to hadoken people across the room often in this series no they there's a there's a there's a there's a very big the one that instantly jumped into my head was in episode three when obi-wan and anakin are fighting which takes up like the last 45 God, minutes of the episode. I just movie. don't remember much of the prequels clearly. Yeah. They both like f- try to force push each other and they kind of like get like, I don't know, canceled out for a moment and then it kind of explodes <laughs> and they both go flying. Yeah. Um, yeah so, I that too. yeah, force pushing, force pulling. It's all, you know, it's, they're, they're big on it. Well, is there, I mean, I guess, is there a, a thing about people were making a big deal and I wasn't following like, I mean, Darth Vader fought Rita, Reva. I'm hopping ahead a little bit, but sure. First half of the fight, like swordless baby, just like yeah. That was a for for such a one sided fight. That was a cool fucking fight because like Vader yeah. had like did like he did all sorts of things in that fight right. that were really cool. Which is interesting because the first time he fights Obi Wan, he's got one arm going, 
right? And and it looks like he's not even trying. And this one, he takes like not trying to the next level. He's like, I don't even need my lightsaber for most of this. Like, right. Just the force. He, can... he like t- like flips her around with the force. He does that cool thing with like the two lightsabers at the end where he like like throws the one and then like later calls it back. So they're both there. Yeah. Oh, by the way, here's what I realized when Obi-Wan did his force push. Mm-hmm. We totally missed it. The, the punching the episode four was the punching the beef episode. Oh, part four. That's it. Part four, punching the beef. <laughs> he came into part five fully, he, fully ready rocking, to go, ready man. to rock. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. It's true. He definitely yeah. did. So, the other thing I thought was yeah. weird, so the last thing I thought was weird was at the end, I, it was cool when like Vader grabs the transport out of the air and like slams it down and it was like, it was like ripping it open. Core. And then it's like, oh, but here's the real ship behind it. Um, I watched that three times. There was no real ship on the ground in any other, like that thing was not there. Yeah. And the other thing that was weird was like going back to the beginning <clears throat> of the episode where they land they're like, no, we need, we need this ship to get people out of here. And it's like, eh, I don't think you do. Like... <laughs> You have another ship that you're not using, obviously, because you're using it at the end. Right. Uh, uh, I mean, again, I watched that scene three times. Yeah. That ship ain't any in any of the other shots, and you see the whole room a couple times. Right. I thought what was going to happen, and maybe what made it would have made a little more sense, although it would have had to happen before he started like completely like destroying that ship, was that he was going to haul it down to the earth or to the ground and while he was like almost at the ground that was when Reva was going to attack him from behind that's what and I he was going to be distracted to the to the point where it would let that go yep i totally thought that too it would have worked with the obsession thing too where it would have been like Reva's obsession with vader basically makes it so that the path people get away which she didn't necessarily want to have happen well I that's mean, the other thing was, yeah. that was crazy because obi-wan's like he'll just be focused on me and she waits so long to make her move it's like man you would have had a much better chance if you had attacked any time in the previous three minutes when yeah. he was like actually obs- like focused on something else yeah i agree i thought that was re- really weird it's like this is the whole point of him being distracted right now <laughs> right. which he very much was yeah. yeah well that's why she's dead i or not dead but yeah not dead yeah. speaking <laughs> speaking of dead we lost tala this episode yes yeah we did she had a good, she had a good arc. It was, it, it, I'm not happy to see her go, but like it was, that was it. Right. Exactly. She, she I mean, it would have been fine if she had lived as well. It's fine that, you know, it, 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 it made sense that she died where she did narratively. You know, she gave kind of her last sort of lesson without meaning to, to him, you know, about, about the idea that it's like, yeah, like, you know, it's like, like basically the idea that, yeah, you made some mistakes, but like, don't let that like keep you from continuing to fight like we all make mistakes right and what did we really learn from this episode we learned don't say your secret plans out loud in an email because someone else could read it later yes exactly oh Uh, gosh all right that that is my big nitpick with the show but before i get the big nitpick can we just acknowledge whatever that cool spinny fucking tire thing that had two lightsabers attached to it was 
probably the dopest lightsaber you've ever seen. Oh, yeah, yeah, those, yeah. The spinny blades. I don't, just, I don't know. I don't know what they're called, but they're like the Inquisitor weapon of choice, basically. Right. All the Inquisitors use those. Uh, yeah. Super cool. Yeah. And then Darth we actually slows see it down, the, the bust it in half. Yeah. The Grand Inquisitor used it. But the real Grand Inquisitor used it way back in the second, in part two. But we didn't see it as like a real weapon. He was using it to intimidate Flea, I think, at the time. I always got the impression <laughs> that they were kind of like. Like, oh, you can't, you, you guys aren't actually good enough in the force to use like a Darth Maul lightsaber. Here, we'll get, we got you one that spins for you. Don't worry about right. it. Like, well, we got it. <laughs> it's a little mechanical advantage there. Are all the Grand Inquisitor, all the Inquisitors, um, force sensitive? Is that the idea? Or are they just like yeah. kind of like yeah. Finn, just like badass warriors that, you know, maybe for, Finn is force sensitive. Finn is force sensitive in the end. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, in Star Wars, you basically have to be to competently use a lightsaber. Like, that's kind of one of the things I mentioned that, like, it's so easy to, like, cut your own leg off or whatever that you have to. Be, yeah. Ask uh, Mando with whatever that the dark saber is. Right. He's exactly. struggling with that shit. Yep. <laughs> All right. Big nitpick. Jimmy Smiths. Jimmy Smiths. Let me just get this right. I know we said no comms, but I think something's wrong. So I'm going to let everybody, if so, just in case something is wrong, I'm going to send this message out so anybody can open it and find it. And I'm going to mention that there's another kid somewhere. Like, I know we're space, space past, space future, but like, has no one heard of speaking in code at least? Like, like, like besides the fact that like you shouldn't even be sending this message, couldn't you just send it like something that it's like, I haven't heard from you. Like, if you don't, if you don't get back to me soon, I'm going to, you know, like, like say something, you know, just that it's like, like, I'm I'm going to see the boy or whatever. Like, if you just said that, like that wouldn't tell you anything as much. Yeah. It certainly wouldn't say the planet. The beep. Yeah. And the person, because because who's the one person on Tatooine that the Inquisitors know by name? It's Owen. Remember, because they they they, they yeah. randomly stopped him and, and talked to him. So now it's like, mm-hmm. well, I hope you're not the only Owen on Tatooine because now Reva knows to look for somebody named Owen. Right. Right. Well, and and Reva was specifically the one right. who talked to Owen. Yeah. I was like, oh god, of all the people. Yeah. Exactly. Even Snapchat's message disappear. We can't figure this out in the, like in that, the but space future. I mean, I guess Obi-Wan's an old man who doesn't understand technology, but like my phone even needs like a passcode to access the messages. Like you can just, anybody can just access Obi-Wan's messages at any point. Yeah. Also, she notices it because the thing is blinking, which means like he didn't like clear out the fact that there's a new message after he listened to the message. Like it well, doesn't what you, like what you don't know is like after that message, there's like 250 other messages that he's never cleared thing, out just over it. Oh yeah, <laughs> he never cleared I, out. I, I, I thought he was like Jimmy Smith sent 250 of the same message as someone who also doesn't know technology. Apparently, like the next one is like some guy, and he's like, "Oh, he's like Ben, are you coming to like barbecue night on Friday?" <laughs> ben, we're here to oh. ask about your spaceship's war- extended warranty. <laughs> <laughs> I had all that said. The delivery was. It was like grown worthy, but I mean, sets up, sets up a final episode. Oh, there's one other nitpick here. How come Reva, Grand Inquisitor, they casually get a lightsaber to the belly and keep ripping, but Qui-Gon just bites the dust? Yeah, I don't know. Is it because they have so much rage to stay alive when Qui-Gon is so peaceful? Couldn't answer. <laughs> like, I really couldn't. 
I don't understand it. That's a real nitpicky. Um, There's some things to resolve in the next episode. A lot to resolve in the next episode. Yeah, I was thinking about um, like wondering where they're going to go with this. Like, it feels a little bit wild to me that they're going to like introduce like Luke is in danger just for the last episode. That feels crazy. Yeah, it feels crazy. They're not going to go there. I don't. I feel like they're not going to. They're not going to go back there. Like you think they're going to get intercepted. I mean, they, but they show him that like he's the last shot of the episode, right? Is him sleeping. It's Luke sleeping. Yeah. Yeah. Seems like a weird thing to show if you're not going to pay it off somehow. Although I hope they don't pay it off because it feels weird. It's like one, it's like, ah, oh, we're fucking back on Tatooine. But besides that, it's also like, yeah, like I was OK with this partially because it, like Way back when we talked about the first couple episodes, it was like, ah, oh, it's weird that like Leia now, huh? But it's like, right, it gets him off Tatooine. It like gives him a thing, and it's like doesn't really make sense for any of this to happen to Luke, right? Because, right. yeah, I mean, I assume whatever happens, Luke will be completely oblivious to it. Yeah, I think so too. Like, what I, I think mean, yeah, he happens, has to be right. Yeah, like, like no one, like I don't even know if Owen will will know. It'll just be like now they just have a place to like race to meet up, kind of a thing. I mean, we got to get Leia back to Andor without anybody figuring out who she is. Alderaan. We got to get Alderaan. What did I say? Andor. Andor. That feels like a place. That's the nice. name of a character from Rogue One. Right. Well, oh, yeah. Don't they have that, uh, they do. that show coming out? They do, yeah. yes. Um, we got to get her home. We got to get Ben to old man mode, like just crabby in the caves. What we really got to do is get vader thinking gotta he's dead rid, we got, we gotta get rid of reva yeah that's that that that's the real thing is that it's like you know if they're gonna go to tatooine right like it has to be in a way that like i guess reva gets there but like has to get there without vader knowing right and like because vader like vader, vader have... one has to know that he's as you said has to think he's dead but also like it would probably make sense for vader to never know he was on tatooine at all Right. That seems like the kind of thing Vader wouldn't just be like, well, he, that was probably a coincidence. I won't ever go back there again. Right. Like right. that 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 he was on my home planet. The planet I grew up on is right. where he was hiding, where I have family. <laughs> All right. Hear me out on this one. Uh-huh. Do you have a wacky, do you have a wacky theory? I have a wacky theory that might not be so wacky. <clears throat> the toe turn happens in episode part six. Of Riva? Riva figures out that this is the final youngling that could save everything. She goes and protects Luke. Nobody knows she's alive. They think she's dead. And then gallivants around to some other part of the, the, the galaxy for a while. We'll find out in season two how he gets his ass back to Tatooine. I mean, I could see a version of that where Riva's basically like, I can't take the Vader out. i for a minute. This yeah. could this kid could so therefore i will protect like i still wouldn't call that a toe turn but i like because she's not doing it to be good right she's like i found a different way to get vader right that i could see i could see the first part of that but i absolutely think that that obi-wan's going back to to tatooine i do too i mean i mean he may figure out you know he may go to figure out a way to go to alderaan first to drop off leia or something i mean i guess somebody i guess i guess leia's mom's there at least right so i feel like the jimmy smith thing is setting us setting us all to meet up in tatooine though yeah because because i mean obi-wan thinks that 
Jimmy Smith is going to be in Tatooine, and he now thinks that Luke is potentially and could be potentially. I, I guess he doesn't really think that Luke's in Just danger, don't, I mean, right? But Luke still, and Leia are going to meet. They're going to meet, and not not. It's going to be a casual encounter, <laughs> like Craigslist style. No, <laughs> gross. That is the worst thing you could have ever said. <laughs> not like this, not like Star Wars hasn't gone there before. Yeah, that's true. I bet you they have like a you know oh like not as kids, <laughs> nice droid or some shit, right? I hope not. I mean, but now that you said that, that feels like yes, they're like feels they'll like meet each other. They won't even say what their names are or whatever. That's gonna oh, be really. Cool I, I don't. I don't want that. I like droids too. I don't want that to happen. But bye. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. What else? Oh, are we gonna ever resolve who the what's up with all the Jedi's down in the basement? Or are we just not going to talk about that again? No, I don't think we are. I think. I think that. Um, I mean, I think that's just like representative of the fact of like, why aren't there any like Jedi or Force users? It's like the Empire is actively tracking Hunting them down, them and killing them. Yeah, whenever they can. Right, putting them in little amber gels like Jurassic Park, in case we need to mine their DNA. Yeah, or whatever. Yeah, freeze dried like turkey. Freeze dried turkey, beef beef turkey, Jedi turkey. Um, I can't wait for the next episode. You think it'll be an hour? I hope so. I don't know. But with this with this series, who knows? Yeah. I, I don't know how long this episode was. It was 42 minutes, I looked. Including credits wow. in the opening. Including, yeah, the, including the eight so minutes of credits much. at the end. Right. Yeah, they, they packed so much more into this 34-minute episode than the previous one. Yeah. There's a lot. There's, this, there's definitely a lot in this episode. At this point, man, I was just thrilled to see Hayden Christensen get some screen time. Yeah, I was too. And it was good. I mean, it, it was a good scene. Like, I, I like that a lot. Um, yeah, I mean, that's my big takeaway from this is it's like, like, we got a real, we, we got good, like, Hayden Christensen, like, time. And, like, it was just, you know, another episode where it was, like, good Obi-Wan, like, stuff and good Vader stuff, which mm-hmm. is, like, kind of at the beginning of this, what you wanted, like, Especially once yeah. you knew Hayden Christensen was going to be in this, it was like a thing where it's like, okay, like I just want like Obi Wan and Vader being badass, and they so both kind of were at ep- different times in this episode. Started watching episode three this morning, and I've only made it maybe thirty forty five minutes in, but I gotta say, now remembering back, the the Obi Wan Anakin relationship. The chemistry gets better and better as those prequels go on, and <laughs> the the Anakin and Padme never gets any better. No. It's just terrible. Oh yeah, yeah. And I think that's why people were so eager for the show. It's like, okay, cool. Let's just like really more Obi Wan and Anakin, and it can get better. Well, and so far it's delivering. And I think that like th- there's a lot that this show can do to reframe some of the prequel stuff in in ways that like make it more coherent, which is like a lot of what they're doing, which helps, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, I definitely, I definitely like that. Yeah, it's um, it's funny, right? Because it's like um, go- going back to what you said about Anakin and Padme, Willie. Like, I think it's like the type of romance that they wanted to do for that it's just not one like they want it to be this like i mean it was always going to be tragic like that that goes without saying but they wanted it to be this like like romance for the ages like like kind of like this like i don't know 
like this epic like i love you more like this guy you know that kind of stuff and it's like that just doesn't work you know it's like han and leia have a really good fucking romance in the original trilogy and it feels much more natural from like just here and and it's also pretty cliched as movie things go with it. it's like oh it's like he she hates him and he feels like she's whiny like of course they're gonna fall in love in the end but it like works because they just do that and they're mm-hmm. both pretty good at it and it's i'm not saying that anakin and padme should have been that way but i don't know it feels like it could have been just a little more felt a little more natural instead of these like big grand like moments which end up being like maybe the cringiest parts of you know the entire you know all three movies like especially all the shit and you know all the i don't like sand stuff and all that yeah every interaction between them is cringy and I know we've talked about how Natalie Portman's a good actress. She's terrible. Yeah. She's terrible in this. And at least the first, again, on rewatch, I haven't watched any of the others, but in this little beginning, I'm like, oh my God, she's really bad in this. I mean, he, everybody who isn't named than Ewan McGregor is. is terrible in the prequels. Yeah, pretty mm-hmm. much. Yeah. I mean, Ian McDermott's good, but that's, you know, he's the emperor. Like, he's doing his thing. Yes. He, he has kind of one note to play and he always plays it well. That's, I assume you haven't gotten to this part yet, but that that was probably my favorite scene in that movie is the the Darth Plagueis the Wise scene with where it's it's the scene basically where in the water the, opera. Yes, whatever that thing is, it it whatever it was, it looked cool visually in a way that a lot of the pre- prequels don't. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of it looks just very you know it's got that digital kind of sanded off look. Um, whereas like you know that scene, it was like I don't know what this is, but it looks kind of it looks weird in an appealing way where it's like, well, that's weird. Um, but I mean, yes, that water opera, but yeah, that scene is good just because it has this undercurrent of menace to it. And it's like mostly in McDermott and he does a really good job with it. And it's like, it is like a po- as opposed to most of the prequels period. It is a surprisingly like not ham handed way to introduce like why, like how Anakin would have really been seduced to the dark mm-hmm. side like i thought it was like it was like almost a fairly understated like clever way of of palpatine to start to bring in the idea of like why eh, the dark side might not be so bad you could do some things like that whole thing i'll bring it back to um obi-wan here um one of the things i've noticed watching the prequels and in this i am they definitely spent time effort money on um, lightsaber choreography because the <laughs> the the way that they fight with lightsabers is significantly more advanced and the way they handle them is significantly like better than four five and six. Oh yeah oh yeah I mean, for sure yeah i mean four five and six is you know it's it's they're just like kids in the backyard fighting with sticks and this yeah, is like and, no and, and it's a long time ago i feel like it's you know as cool as like, I mean, lightsabers are cool and everybody thought they were cool, but it's like the fights that they have are not very advanced in those movies at all. Like it's obviously better in one, two and three, even, you know, regardless of how impactful those fights are, like just in terms of choreography, they're better um, because they put some time into it. But um, but yeah, this was even better. Like, I feel like one, two and three, the light, the the battle seemed very flashy at times in these weird ways. But um, 
with these fights, like especially in, in Obi-Wan, especially it feels like, like the, the fight that Anakin and Obi-Wan have the flashback fight. I feel like it just, it feels like a real sword fight in a way that they haven't before. Exactly. Well, I feel like, like, I guess the way I would describe it is the original trilogy fights feel under choreographed. Yeah. The prequel trilogy fights feel over choreographed where it's like Very a little much too so. ridiculous. And they've, with the sequel trilogy and now with this show, they've kind of found the happy medium between those two things. Yeah. Yeah. I keep forgetting about the sequel trilogy. Yes. I would. Yeah. I would also put the sequel trilogy as like well choreographed. Yeah. I mean, the lightsaber fights in the sequel trilogy are really are good. good. Yeah, yeah. They are. Yeah. Okay. Anything else on this episode? Feels like we should part. have more to say. Yes. This part. On, on part five. Um, I don't think I have anything more. No, I've been wrong. I, mean, I can't no, wait no to see Wookie what they do yet. with the next one. Cause thought, thought, thought we see a Wookiee by now. I, I, I was wrong. Hashtag no Wookiees. Yeah. Okay. Hope we stick with that. <laughs>